chapter of John's Gospel, beginning at the 24th verse. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were beside the sea, they themselves got into boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, but not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. And he said to them, What must we do? Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of that you believed in him who has been sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us, so that we may see it, see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it was my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Praise to you, Lord Christ. See you. Let's pray Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. So here we are, kind of in the middle of summer, um, and I'd like to give you a little bit of recap, because I know not everybody is in church every week, but the lessons for the summer always kind of run, run along chronologically. So this summer we've been following the Gospel of Mark pretty much. Now for the next several Sundays we'll get some some uh, messages from the Gospel of John, but it's, it's following the message of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, as it, as it builds towards its climax. So I did like to give you a little recap of where we have traveled with Jesus the Son. Jesus began his ministry in his home area of Galilee, around that big lake called the Sea of Galilee. Since the beginning of our summer, we've watched Jesus move around back and forth, Across that body of water, across that lake. Most of it, as I say, was from the Gospel of Mark. But now we have some lessons from John's Gospel. As Mark told it, Jesus and his disciples, he was shown, he has shown his power in healing. He's shown his compassion by restoring life to a little girl who was dead, health to many who were sick. He showed his compassion by feeding the hungry folks on that hillside. He fed them with fish and bread and with the word of God's love. He's demonstrated that he has, that nature, even nature obeys him as he calmed the sea and stopped the wind on the lake. He showed that demons feared him and he showed that his human nature grieved the death of his cousin, his friend, John the Baptist. And we have seen, and as we have seen Jesus uh, like a normal human being, he needed time and space to rest and reconnect with 
God. Little did he have, but he needed it as well. We've seen him as a great teacher and storyteller who told parables of seeds and harvest, of growth in seeds, growth in nature, and growth in the seeds of faith in human hearts. And now we see Jesus as he begins to talk about who he is. He says, I am the bread of life. Now, and he says, in a sense, now that I have your attention, now that you've seen what I can do, let me tell you who I am. Let me tell you about my relationship to the Father. Jesus says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. I am the bread of life, and whoever comes to me will never be hungry. This is one of the great I am sayings of the Gospel of John. There's a whole list of them. I am the, the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. And now, I am the bread of life. Jesus is using the term I am as no accident. It isn't a coincidence that he says I am. Jesus is very consciously using that term. The same one that God uses with Moses in Exodus when, when, when Moses says, but who are you? And God says, I am. The eternal one is what that implies. I am. So, for Jesus to claim to be the bread of life, to be the I am, is astounding to people. And Jesus not only claims to be the one, he also claims to be the staple of life. The bread of heaven. You know, as we sing in that old hymn, a bread of heaven, fill me, feed me till I want no more. Jesus claims to be that bread. And you know, people in Jesus' day lived on the margin of starvation. Most of those that Jesus was talking to did, uh, did live that way, from day to day almost. One bad harvest, one moldy batch of wheat, one infestation of vermin, and they were in real trouble in his society. It meant hunger and the real possibility of famine, of starvation. So for Jesus to claim that he was God, that he could end spiritual hunger, is an astounding claim. They had already seen and experienced Jesus' power to provide them with material bread. That was all the Twitter in the crowd. Now he was claiming to be, their, to, to be able to end their spiritual hunger as well. Well, you know, unlike people in Jesus' day, uh, for us, bread is no big deal, is it? In fact, we often avoid it because of the carbs, or the calories, or the gluten. But I do like bread. When I go to the bakery, it's hard for me to decide. I want to try all of, all of those wonderful, beautiful loaves. And we've come to our house again this weekend. And uh, my sister brought a loaf of cardamom bread. I can't stay away from it. It is so good. Toasted with a little butter on it. 
the result of that with a little butter, maybe a little cheese. Pretty good. It's wonderful. Realtors suggest to people that when they're showing their house, they should have bread baking in the oven. Or maybe you get a spray of snow breaking in bread baking in that oven. Because that sells the house better. It feels like home. And we use the term uh, uh, bread as a, a reference to money, don't we? I need some dough. That's kind of an old cliche, but I think it's still good. But too much of this bread, this material bread, and that's part of what Jesus is getting at, too much of it used wrongly can become a serious problem for us. Yeah. When Jesus refused the devil's offer in the desert to change the stones into bread, Jesus was making a statement about material things that come to us in life, often too, too easily and too frequently, that we take it for granted. As someone has said, bread has no power, but in the end its power will fail. It, bread can, can buy land, but not love. It can give you uh, bonds, but not brotherhood. It can give you gold, but not gladness. It can give you silver, but not sincerity. It can give you carrots, the kind that come with diamonds, but not character. It can give you houses, but not homes. In other words, material things, as necessary and good as they are, can become a problem. And it is what we do with them that counts. As important as material things are, they can become a trap, an obsession, and they can separate us from God. And I'm, pre I'm preaching to the choir here, I know that. You know these things. You've heard them all your lives as you sat in the pews. But they can separate us from God. They can become an idol. And Jesus' claim to be the bread of life reminds us to put God at the center of life. Let me tell you a story. I was a little risky because, you know, we, we're not supposed to tell ethnic jokes anymore. But I've, somebody told me, if you use a nationality that doesn't exist anymore, if it's somebody who's, you know, who's gone away historically, it's okay, you can get away with it. So here's the story. There were these two Hittites, Holy and Lena. <laughs> and they were having a little bit of a problem in their relationship. They'd be out driving the car, and Oli would say, You know, Lena, if it weren't for my money, we wouldn't have this be a company. And so they'd get home, and Oli would say, You know, Lena, if it weren't for my money, we wouldn't have this nice house. And once inside, he would say, You know, Lena, if it weren't for my money, we wouldn't have these, this designer furniture or these lovely antiques or these oriental carpets, and so on, and so on. He would go on and on about this, about the home theater, and the jacuzzi, and the hot tub, and so on. Until one day, Lena had had enough, and she says, you know, Holy, if it weren't for your money, you wouldn't have me either. <laughs> Those two kids. So material things can, are, are a blessing and a bane, a bane and a blessing for us. And Jesus wants us to know about the true bread from heaven, not just the bread of those two Hittites, Holy and Leah. 
Holy was obsessed with material things, but so was Lena. Jesus offers the true bread that satisfies us spiritually. Jesus is the true bread. I am the bread of life, he tells us. I am that same God who spoke to Moses. I am. Yes, as long as we live, we need material things. We need physical bread to live. We need material things to make life livable. But when we know Jesus as the true bread, material wants and needs are put in the right order. Needs don't become wants. We can be satisfied with what we have. And we can learn to share with others the abundance God has given us. As we get older, I guess we realize that material things, earthly bread, is a means of personal health and a means to love others. Material things should never be an end in themselves. That makes us into some sort of unreformed Ebenezer Scrooge. These things need to help us along the road. And Jesus offers himself as our bread in prayer, in worship, in devotions, and finally in Holy Communion that we share together today. Jesus is our bread literally, as well as physically, spiritually. Jesus is our bread of life in the wine and in the host. As we gather at this table, Jesus himself, the holy I am, offers himself to us in these earthly elements of bread and wine. And make no mistake, as the church tells us, as Jesus himself tells us, this is the body and the blood of Jesus. It is Jesus himself in the forms of bread and wine. I came upon this quote. One commentator says this about the mystery of Holy Communion. And truly, that the, word, the operative word is mystery. After everything has been said and written about the meaning of the Lord's Supper and the truths it proclaims, still more remains. No one will ever get at it all. The Lord's Supper is a mystery and the proclamation of a mystery. Something happens at the Lord's table that doesn't happen anywhere else in the church's worship. However, that something, that something defies definition. Why was it in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup that the Emmaus travelers recognized Jesus though they had traveled with him for hours without any recognition? I do not know the commentator says, but I am confident that a similar occurrence is possible today as people break the bread and drink the cup of the Lord's Supper in worship. A mystery where the great I am comes to us. So this, uh, this bread and wine is our spiritual food for support, for forgiveness, for the confidence in faith, for our strengthening for the work of love, and the work of the gospel. Yes, this communion is Jesus with us. This is the bread of life. Amen. Peace of God that passes all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We'll take a few moments now of silent reflection as we sit and maybe take some deep breaths and uh, prepare to move on in our worship.